Good day, everybody, and you are now tuned into Third World Living the Podcast. Thank you very, very much for tuning in and listening. I really appreciate the support, and I've been appreciating the feedback that I've been getting on the last few episodes. I just dropped the Women's Appreciation Month episode, so please go tune in, leave feedback, all of that. I really appreciate it. And hopefully today you lived a little and learned a lot. I want to start off today's episode like every other episode and want to start it off with a quote. This quote is by Sidney J. Harris, and it deals with the topic today, which is happiness and how to achieve it. I'll be talking about how I found a way to achieve happiness and other people's method of achieving happiness and views about it. The quote from Sidney J. Harris is, happiness is a direction, not a place, and this goes right along with what I want to talk about today. So without further ado, let's jump in it. Quick commercial. I already explained the commercial before. Please just listen for a little bit and we'll be right back. Again, the topic today is how to achieve happiness. And to be honest, I never was really concerned with happiness because growing up, I didn't feel the need to be happy. It wasn't like I was mad or sad. It's just happiness wasn't something that occurred to me. I felt like happiness is something that occurs naturally within and that with happiness, you can't like force happiness onto yourself. You have to enjoy the things that you enjoyed all your life. You just have to refine what made you happy. You don't lose happiness. You just got to rekindle it. So I never felt like I had to search for happiness because I always felt like it's within me and that I go through it every single day, whether I realize it or not and whether I put my focus on it or not. But I do realize that happiness is a problem for a lot of other people. And that made me question happiness a little. But recently I came up with a theory on happiness and I came up with this theory because I decided to try something new in my life and in trying something new I realized that I was smiling more and just what most people would perceive as a naturally happier person so I want to tell you all what I experienced during that time and my thoughts about happiness personally Now, before we dive into today's episode, I do want to talk about something interesting I found when researching how other people throughout history associated happiness and how to achieve it. For Aristotle and Buddha, it was interesting that they both had similar views for how to achieve happiness. They thought that it was something called the middle path. And the middle path, or mean, for Aristotle, was achieved by achieving virtue. He felt that The middle path was virtue, and if you achieve virtue, you'll be happy. But for Buddha, the middle path was a peaceful way of life, which negotiated the extremes of bad conditions and happy conditions. So basically, being not too happy and not too bad, or not even being not too happy or not too bad, but understanding being happy and understanding being bad, being able to balance them both, was how he assumed that happiness was achieved. And that's very interesting because I talk to many people about happiness not being the thing that you can chase and that you have to have balance and you don't want to become too happy because becoming too happy leads to a worse fallout, a worse sadness, a worse being angry. And being too angry leads to not or lead will eventually lead to being happy and finding that happiness but then it also leads to things like trust issues and 
abandonment issues and things like that. And that can also be damaging your like happy moments in life. So I found that interesting that Buddha found that happiness was achieved through the middle path of seeking balance between extreme bad and extreme good. And I felt it interesting that Aristotle felt that virtue was the middle path. And as long as you stayed in the middle path of virtue and stayed balanced, that you'll achieve happiness. So while I was researching this topic, I also found other things and other studies from other professionals and philosophers. And I found some relieving similarities and some odd differences. A common difference that I found, though, in my theory compared to other philosophers were that happiness depended on moral law and virtue and that the purpose of life was to obtain happiness. This was a popular theme in a lot of philosophers' thoughts on how to achieve happiness. Now, with the first part, I want to refute that with my own personal theory. And the first part was that happiness depends on moral law and virtue. Now, my other theory is that we have two sides that we base our decisions off of, the social side and the personal side. And the social side is basically our friends and what's socially acceptable. While our personal side is the things that we found acceptable throughout living and throughout life. And a comparison I really like using, even though, you know, it's a difficult comparison for a lot of people, but the comparison I like using is addiction. And I feel like addiction is a good example because a lot of people find it hard to stop being addicted to something because personally they want to use it and that they are attached to it. And so while sometimes it becomes a physical addiction, most times it's a psychological addiction because they are that addiction is bringing them happiness of some sort. While they are happy personally with what they're getting out of whatever they're addicted to, socially, sometimes the things that we get addicted to aren't looked at as something that's acceptable. And because it's it's not acceptable, we feel like we want to change those things and we want to get help and we want to stop these addictions. And even though we're saying and we're pleading and we're looking for ways to stop the addiction, you don't really want to personally. So it conflicts with your social side. And now you court between two decisions. You're trying to stop, but your body or your inner self won't allow you to stop. And I feel those two, those two social and personal thoughts are what control your decisions and control how you relay yourself to other people. But it was important for me to bring those two up because their theory was that morally, being moral and virtuous contributes to your happiness or is what makes you happy. And I say it doesn't because what can make you happy or what you feel is morally and virtuous socially isn't always what you feel is morally and virtuous personally. And if that conflicts, it'll leave you at a cognitive dissonance, which is basically a difference in opinion that leaves you at a, in a space where you're not sure what to believe and it'll leave you confused and that causes more problems because then you have a loss of identity. And I feel because of that, that being virtuous and obeying the moral law isn't the way to become happy. I came to disregard the second point because 
while yes, you can obtain happiness through our purpose in life, I figure our purpose in life should reflect our legacy and who we want to be seen as in the days after we leave Earth and what we contribute to you know, future generations. And I feel like that's the true purpose of life, what you can contribute and what you want your legacy to be. I feel like happiness can be like a prize that you get for achieving these type of things. You're happy because you did contribute something to earth or you're happy because you did achieve your goals. And now you that's your story. That's your legacy that you did the things that you wanted to do. Yes, that might make you happy, but I don't feel that people go their whole life thinking, I want to achieve happiness. I'm going to make every next step along the way a step to achieve happiness. I just feel like that's something that comes from your true goals in life and your true goals in life should reflect your legacy and what you contribute. So that's why I disregarded those two like main points for what happiness is through other philosophers because although they make sense, and although they are like correct to other people in certain like forms and sense, like if you're being virtuous and you're like obeying the law, you feel better about yourself and feeling better about yourself makes yourself happy. Yes, I do believe that. And if again, you're achieving your goals, you feel accomplished and you feel like you achieve success and achieving success, you feel better about yourself and feeling better about yourself makes yourself feel happy. Yes, I do believe that. But those are both side effects to what actually achieving happiness is, or not even achieving. I don't believe it's something you could achieve, but actually going through or happiness is. And because of that, I feel like those two points were bad points to make as like your main points for what happiness definitely is, like your definite point for it. But I did agree with some of these philosophers on their thoughts of happiness, especially Aristotle. And his one point that he made is happiness depends on yourself. And I really agree with that point with happiness depends on yourself. And I believe that happiness is not something that you could obtain through substances or anything materialistic. Um, The words of Yogi Saguru was that, Happiness is an energy level, and basically when you're happy, your energy level is high, but when you're depressed or sad or mad, your energy level is depleted. So being happy relies on keeping your energy levels up. Now, I feel like it's three aspects to keeping these energy levels up. The first one is how you respond to your environment. The second one is how you react to your environment. And the third one is how you think of your environment. Now, to get in depth with these three, how you respond to your environment is, I want to start with this one. It's because when you go about your everyday life, every day you make a decision, every time you make a decision, whether you're conscious or not, again, with the consciousness, you're affecting your mood. How you respond to your environment is very important in maintaining your state of happiness because If you respond in a more upbeat and clear, maybe even sarcastic tone, you start to feel better about yourself and your surroundings. As long as you aren't like purposely putting people down or purposely making people feel bad while you go about responding in these ways, you start to feel better about yourself. Life becomes more enjoyable. It becomes funnier. It becomes like the better. And that makes you happier based on how you respond. 
And let's say you start to respond in a positive way and you start to take things lighthearted. The second part I want to discuss is how you think. Now, thinking is very important because how you think is also basically how you process information. And what I mean by processing information is when things happen on impact, what are your immediate thoughts about what's happening? And when I say this, it's when you are given an obstacle, let's say that obstacle is being placed out your home at night. What are your immediate thoughts? Not, not, not. Now you might have at first, if you responded in a positive way, and if you were responding lightheartedly, you shouldn't find yourself in that position. But sometimes it's out of your control. And how you think about the position that you're in once things are out of your control and you do face adversity, that's the second most important part in maintaining your happiness. Because if you feel like these challenges are meant to bring you down and that these things are happening to you and you feel like a victim, then you start to get in a depressed state because now you feel like things are happening to you and this is the way that life is supposed to be, that you are a victim to life and that you can't achieve happiness because these things will continue to happen to you. And I'm not saying that these things aren't hard. And I'm not saying to take these things lighthearted, but I'm saying the way that you're thinking about these things as they are happening to you should change if you want to maintain happiness. You should see these 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 challenges and problems as an opportunity. And yes, sometimes it's harder than most opportunities, but as long as you keep a positive mindset about what's going on around you, and not even a mindset, as long as you process things in a positive way of what's going on around you and keeping your focus and maintaining that focus of happiness, then as you respond to your environment and as you think about what's happening and going on around you, you'll start to feel more comfortable about it. And comfortability provides happiness because you are struggling less than what you believe yourself to be and you're finding a challenge in with, your, with what you're struggling through. So the thinking aspect is just as important as the how you respond aspect. Because even if you respond positive, positively to your environment, sometimes you won't help. You can't help but to fall. And when you fall, it's about how you process how you felt and what you feel about how you felt, how you think about what you what you did to get to that point, and how you think about how you're getting out that point. That's most important next. And the third and final part. Whoop. Now for the final piece, how you react. And how you react is not to be confused with how you respond. How you respond is the energy you put out after you finish thinking. How you respond and how you react can be two completely different things. You can respond in a positive tone and a positive attitude, but you can react with toxicity. And you can react in something that, you know makes a person feel offended or disrespected and come with more aggression. How you respond and react, the best way to describe a toxic relationship between the two is passive-aggressive behavior, where you are basically agreeing with a person or you're giving a person their way, but in the same sense, you are being uh, you being contradicting about it or you're being, you're showing that you're not okay with what's going on how you react is more of how are you physically responding to what you just thought about so again let's go back to the example of being kicked out the house you've been kicked out the house 
Now, your immediate reactions could be go and talk to the person that just kicks you out the house. Or your reaction could be obey their wishes and accept what just happened and find out what's your next step. Either way, you can respond positively. But responding positively isn't always reacting positively. We have this thing that scientists call the flight or flight instinct. And basically, I mean, a lot of people understand this, but basically people do two things. It's the third thing, but we're not going to mention that. People do two things. And one of them is when they have an issue or when they have something that triggers a response, they fight it. And that's basically they go against what they're going through. And the second thing is they flight or basically run from what they're going through. Now, people prefer the flight over flights for certain situations, but if you're a fighter by nature, if you have the fight instinct and you choose a flight response, then you are responding or you are reacting negatively to what you're going through. And because you're reacting negatively, because you're going against your natural behavior and your natural instincts, then you are creating, again, you're creating depth for your happiness. And what I mean by depth is you are digging your happiness deeper and deeper down. You're burying your happiness. And sometimes responding by your nature isn't always good. Sometimes it's necessary to change your nature. But most times, if you react to your nature but respond in a positive way and think about what you're going through in a positive way, then you achieve a place where you're complacent and you're satisfied with where you are at. And that is maintaining the feeling of happiness. Because while, yes, you're going through something, your thoughts and how you think should uplift and give you new motivation and new meaning about how you are going to process what you're going through so you shouldn't no longer you shouldn't feel the feelings of being sad or depressed because your thoughts are uplifting you how you respond how you how you how you how you put your energy out there and how you work towards your goals is important based on how you just came about those thoughts but how you react, which way you go based on these issues, that's very important in coming and maintaining your happiness. Because if you react in a way that you're used to or if you react in a way that's natural to you, you have a greater chance of increasing or maintaining your happiness because you're doing what's familiar to you. You're doing what's comfortable to you and what you know how to do. So those three parts are thinking reacting and responding and again you are thinking in the best way possible whether that's seeing a toxic situation and making it funny when I used to cry I used to look at myself in the mirror and think oh my like you look stupid and that used to make me laugh and (laughs) just laughing at that just improves my mood because it makes me take my focus away from me crying and what I'm crying about How you react after that, how you react is basically what are you going to do once you once you figure out your thought process and once you like claim this is how I'm thinking about this. 
What are your next steps? How are you going to push that initiative forward? Are you going to fight it or are you going to flight? Are you going to run away from it? And neither is wrong. It's just about what you prefer and how you personally think that you should react. And then the third and final, maybe this is one of the most important or maybe most important, but how you respond. While you're going through this, are you doing it with a smile on your face? Are you doing it and saying, listen, this is the challenge. This is my opportunity right here. Or are you looking at it as something that's holding you down, something that's depressive, something that's like basically weighing you down and getting in the way of what you want? And how you respond with that is what energy are you putting out because of this? Because of how because of how you mentally responded to it, how are you physically responding to it? And those three things are what contribute to your happiness. So in conclusion, I do agree with the part that says that you basically decide your own happiness. And I do feel like happiness is a direction. All of, all three of these things that I mentioned are ways to place you into a into a, a a path to achieve happiness. But happiness is not a place. You don't just get to happiness and you don't stay there. You keep going and you keep driving forward to being happy and making happier decisions. I don't believe that happiness is seen as such a virtues and I don't believe that happiness is Happiness is not found inside the morals of society, and happiness isn't a goal that you should lurk to achieve your entire life. Happiness is within you. Happiness is natural, and as long as you take steps to prepare to be happy and to think happier thoughts, you will, in turn, be happier. This is today's episode of Third World Living. Hopefully you learned a lot today and laughed a little um thank you for everybody that tuned in please leave feedback i really appreciate it and tune into the next episode it will be about love and why i don't believe in it thank you again good evening you already know you tuned in the third world living the podcast and as always i hope you lived a little and learned a lot today when i think about the people that i talk to and the conversations i tend to find myself in nowadays is usually about success and one thing that I understand that not a lot of people understand is, or understood earlier that not a lot of people understand is that with success is usually a common factor in most huge success stories. And I'm going to be breaking that down. And today is going to be a little bit different. It's not really as much informative as the other ones have been, but more of a conversation on how usual podcasts go. Um... As always, quick commercial break, then we jumping right back into it. So, um, I understood this concept of how most people make it. I used to research success stories, see how people make it, understand what goes into being successful. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, most people want some form of success. And um, when success started to click to me as a topic to be, you know, talked about or even thought about was back when I was, in, I believe, in 11th grade, and I went to some seminar, and in the seminar was for the top students in the city, and they asked a few students to raise their hand and define what success was, and a few students rose their hand, and they were trying to define what success was, or achievement, achievement, success, and 
I was thinking and I was sitting and I was thinking and I was just thinking and thinking and thinking. And as I was thinking, I came up with a thing and it was both towards the end and it was basically success is only measured by the person who is viewing what is successful or what was done successful. Because success is the feeling of achievement within oneself. So success has a different meaning as it, you know, as it as it pertains to everybody else and it's crazy because a few minutes later they ended up answering and they said success doesn't have a real meaning success um is basically a construct so when they said that i started to tend to think more about what success is and how people achieve success how people achieve success in different fields and when these things came usually it's a scarier route taking risks but it comes to be why did these people take these risks Unlike the normal person that said, hey, maybe I should just get a nine to five to fulfill my needs of living. These people said, hey, let me take this risk. Um, Steve Harvey, he took a risk. He went um, 10 miles out of town to do his first comedy or not his first comedy gig, but one of his comedy gigs that put him on the map as a comedian. So what made him move and spend all his money that he had to go to this place when he was living homeless? literally washing up inside of a sink of a gas station before this happened. And when I come to think about it, I came up on a solution. And this solution was so simple, yet I can understand why so many people don't use it. And what it is, is what I like to call poor man's heart. So I just want you to take a second to embody or take a second to visualize what it means to be a poor man. Or what a poor man might feel. Just take a second. And most people see a beggar. Somebody without pride. Somebody that's shameless. Somebody that, you know, has to survive. And by their means of survival, they don't really factor in the the, the factors of shame that most people feel. So when I describe what a poor man's heart is, it goes to say and understand why poor why poor people tend to have these characteristics and why we want to look for these characteristics in becoming successful when you have nothing to lose aka a poor man's you know situation you tend to see everything as an ability to move forward within life when you ask someone on the street for money you tend to see that as an improvement for life you tend to see that as oh this is me getting ahead this is me stacking a few dollars for me to be able to 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 eat to be able to sleep but you don't feel the shame of doing it or maybe you do feel the shame but you don't care about the shame because the shame is outweighed by your necessities your necessities your necessities your necessities <laughs> so because you're because you're necessities is outweighed by the shame and guilt you might feel from asking people for money you you know don't really you put that on the back seat and you don't really have that shame of doing that and why i say poor man's heart is how most people have success is because when you start start being shameless about the things you do to in order to achieve what you want to achieve in life that's when you start to see real progress starting to come. Most people feel and get conflicted in a comfort zone. And a comfort zone not always being what you're comfortable with. The comfort zone is sometimes being what other people make you feel is comfortable. So a black tie event where most people say don't go to anybody you don't know. 
But you as an individual, if you had a poor man's heart, which means I don't belong here anyway, I want to move forward and I care more about my goals than I do about what most people would think. With that poor man's heart, you might interact and, you know, talk to some of the most successful people in the room, get your ideas out of there and be able to express yourself and being able to express yourself and tell people what you want and need and put that into the universe is, you know, bringing you back results because, Nine times out of ten, most people won't do that. They don't have, they feel that shame when they go up to random people. They feel that shame when they express their ideas. They feel that shame when they, you know, want to do these things. So they don't move forward past what they're comfortable with doing. So comfortability is not always you thinking, oh, oh, I need, I need, I need to...
Benjamin Jive. Now, now no longer is it looking towards the realities of history. Now it's looking towards who fits the job better, which is equality. It allows it allows black culture to be enrooted within Broadway musicals that depict a white history. And these things are important because when people think about things like Black Lives Matter, all it is is a bunch of yelling and a bunch of shouting and a bunch of throwing rocks at glass windows. But what they don't know is those glass windows is reinforced by bulletproof walls. In these glass windows that we throw rocks at, we don't our rocks are hollow. Our rocks have nothing between them. Why? Because we don't have no foundation. So when I look at it and I see we don't have any foundation in America, we have, I believe, the justice system, and not only the justice system, but the political system, I believe 85% or 75% of it is white. And black communities, the teachers, around 70% to 80% of the teachers is white. Professors, I'll say even, I'll go, this is not specific or this is isn't, isn't, isn't searched up but i'll say about 85 to 95 percent of the professors are white so when you look at things that matter when you look at things that matter is you know black people have to respond to in order to develop those positions are overran by white people how can you expect somebody to fight for you if they don't relate to you or understand where you come from and those people that are black inside the legislative and it's not even a goal to speak for women
that's my spiel. But one thing I can't, I really can't stand, like one thing I really can't stand is when I was in school at Arizona, they thought Popeye's was like great chicken, like black people, not white people. Our black student center, like they'll always order Popeye's and they thought Popeye's was like great chicken. And it's like Popeye's cool, like their crust for their chicken is cool, but Popeye's is highly overrated. I don't know, but Arizonians, I don't take them as like real black people. Cause you know they like, like, if you on the north of America, I mean if you on the east of America, you real black people. If you in California, certain areas, you like real black people. Like I mean, you gotta be inside that Arizona is not a place where you could look at and be like, oh niggas live there. <laughs> like you, I don't think you real black until you live with niggas, like live around niggas. Like you know I mean. Like, you don't see niggas in Arizona. You see black people. <laughs> in California, you can see niggas. Philadelphia, you see niggas. Detroit, you see niggas. All these places, you can see niggas. But where there's niggas, there's culture. Black people don't have culture. But niggas got culture. <laughs> so we'll be in Arizona, and they'll get Popeye's chicken. They'll be like, oh, yeah, like, Popeye's got the best chicken and stuff. And like you tasted regular chicken, like you tasted home cooked black people chicken, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, Papa, I got the black people recipe and stuff like that." And me, I'd be th- I ain't really speak on it, but I'd be thinking like, Papa's not that. <laughs> like Papa's don't come close to real fried chicken. Like when you actually season it right, like that Papa's. I feel like KFC, especially KFC, is worse than Papa's. I feel like Popeyes is like a bad situation for fried chicken. Like they're not as good as advertised. I might be tripping, but Popeyes nowhere near as good as advertised. I think they was overrated, especially with the uh, the chicken and people killing them. They got stabbed for the chicken, the chicken sandwich when it first came out, <laughs> and then I tasted. It. It's not that. It's not that like. Just like Chick Fil A, like I don't think Chick Fil A is nah, all the way up there. Don't do that. I don't, <laughs> don't think do Chick Fil A is all the way up there, and that's just my take. That's my hot take. I just don't think that Chick Fil A is all the way up there. Nah, they're the the that's the thing. Like Popeye's chicken sandwich, their chicken sandwich was good, but it it's like their chicken sandwich was their chicken crust for their chicken sandwich was a one. But their chicken, <laughs> the chicken, after you get past the little brown part and you, like, take the bits off the the chicken, the chicken is subpar. Like, the chicken is, on a scale of 1 through 10, the chicken is about a 3, but the chicken crush is about an 8 to 10. I don't care what nobody say. McDonald's held everything down. 10 toes. McDonald's is forever 10 toes down. What you mean? McDonald's stamped and all, but... First of all, first of all, don't try to downplay McDonald's. First of all, they Ronald, Ronald, those little tunnels that I had to go play in when the grown folks was talking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the elite. No, now this McDonald's, this generation got us messed up. We went from white and red to gray and black. And now McDonald's like a, a, um, a depressed adult. McDonald's is not gray and black. Yes, so it is. It. Yes, it is. No, they're not. Yes, they... Bro, they got this new remodel type stuff, and now it's gray and black, like real modern. 
And in the halfway mark, we have E&J Pineapple Whiskey. That's who is our sponsors. We want to give a big shout out to them. If you haven't had some E&J, you need to get you some. McDonald's. But back to it. McDonald's was definitely the grandfather of fast food chains. But McDonald's is like, they fell off. Like, they had a big fall off. They fell off since Checkers started getting, like, when Checkers became popular about six years ago. McDonald's relevancies dropped, and then Burger King made them fries. And the big separator, I don't like Burger King food at all, but the big separator between Burger King and McDonald's was the fries. Because back then, Burger King fries was terrible. <laughs> but when they gave everybody free fries <laughs> and renovated their fries, Burger King definitely, I mean, they, they, they got like a step or two below McDonald's with that. And then McDonald's ain't been the same since. They, you know what I mean? Old. It's like that brand. I like that, though. It make it look like a restaurant. It make it... But we were happy. (laughs) We were happy. That's that's where they prime target. Where did the clown go? We don't get the clown no more. (laughs) We were happy kids. Now we're sad, depressed teenagers. Like, where you flip the script at? They did their job, though. I won't get into the financial aspects of it, but McDonald's did their job. They don't need to worry about ever putting a Ronald McDonald out there again. Or Yellow and Red. Or Happy Meal, for that matter. Happy Meal's less relevant nowadays. But we get into... Happy Meal? I go back and go get a Happy Meal. Don't call it for Happy Meal. We gotta get back to... The good toys. No. Chicken. And black people... Like, me personally, I hate when... Like, in Arizona, I ain't gonna hold you. In Arizona, I hate it. Not hate it. But I kind of didn't like being in Arizona. Because, like, a lot of people didn't know how to be black. You feel me? And it's not didn't know how to be black. But it's like... Like... Didn't understand. Like, Popeye's is more of a white culture black thing. You feel me? Like, the Colonel in the KFC. Or whatever his name is. He is more of a white... A white people's black thing. Like... White people made it popular. White people made it cool. Like, oh, this is the closest thing we'll get to black people fried chicken. <laughs> and then black, like black people that don't know no better, they believe it too. Like they believe the hype. Like this is the best fried chicken I ever tasted in my life. Like they believe the hype over Popeyes and food chain restaurants. But when you got some authentic black chicken, some authentic like that. The chicken you eating right now is terrible. <laughs> Some black people don't know how to make chicken. A nigga know how to make chicken. You can never tell me a nigga don't know how to make chicken. We know how to make chicken. <laughs> we niggas. I, <laughs> I know how to make chicken at 10. <laughs> I was definitely trying that They both gave us the recipe. We were just always in that drawer. But look at mom. Mom is a significantly worse cook than daddy. <laughs> She but the, make chicken. No, mom, mom, but mom learned how to cook from dad. Like most of her dishes, she learned how to cook from dad. Like mommy know how to season. Dad know how to season collard room. He know how to and season ribs. everything. <laughs> like that's where dad. When dad, when people say dad is a good cook, and when people want dad to cook, it's because when he cooked, you know you getting flavors. Like you want. That's what. That's what's missing from. A Popeye's chicken, like, you get the flavor on the outside, but you don't get the flavor marinated within the chicken. 
Jasmine, Jasmine, um, fish. Exactly. Prime example. <laughs> exactly. She, I don't know what she did. Like, how did a lemon get inside the, the whole? Like, mm-hmm. I think she watched too much Master Chef. Like, oh, you can't give out. I mean, you can't give out the recipe to people, but you know what I mean. Uh huh. <laughs> no, but some black people can't cook. And that's just a fact. But niggas, I feel like all niggas know how to cook. And not niggas like not niggas that's like permanent struggle niggas like not niggas that wanted to be trappers <laughs> or whatever the case might be, but niggas that's like, all right, we don't have anything that like we don't have food to eat that go together, but we got rice and we got macaroni shells and we got sauce I feel as and though we got this and that. The three main no, the four main um foods. To be a guy, um, to be black, that you know how to make is, I just messed that all up, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Is macaroni, yams, chicken, and collard greens. If you don't know how to make those, then I'm sorry, you revoke. You're tripping. You revoke. Because listen, listen, it's no Thanksgiving without macaroni and yams. They complement each other. And we just a had lot of this people conversation. Don't know how to make them, though. No, no, they don't. <laughs> we just experienced No, they don't. They a lot don't. of people. And wait, wait. Let me tell the viewers. I will let you get to your point. But viewers, macaroni and cheese. I don't know. Like, I don't know where white. Like, I'm not just saying white people because I be seeing them black households and not from black people, not niggas, but black people. <laughs> And macaroni shells is not macaroni and cheese. <laughs> that shit is a depression meal. If you have baked macaroni and cheese cooked the right way, and then you eat the macaroni and she- macaroni shells, you would never eat, like want them again. Like macaroni and shells is not a good meal. Baked macaroni and cheese cooked to perfection is a good meal. A lot of y'all never had it before, but if y'all could find one black friend from the ghetto, one day just tell them to cook you some baked macaroni and cheese. And you're going to see a whole different, it's going to change your perspective. But go ahead, my bad. No, like, especially macaroni, that's where people be getting it wrong. I want you to, like, too many cookouts. <laughs> too many little cookouts are gatherings. They not even cookouts because they couldn't cook right. <laughs> so, I went to too many gatherings, especially in New Jersey. I went to one For real, cousin Garnett. <laughs> Cousin Garnett, bro, I really, it was on the table, and I'm like, all right, like, cool, like, whatever. They know how to make ham. Ham, the ham is good, but macaroni, it was watery, and I'm just like, oh, no, that's probably just the oil, like, it probably don't affect nothing. Bro, I had to warn everybody that was about to get it. I said, no, don't do it. Don't do it. I had to pull off to the side. Don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Like, don't ever set yourself up like that. I'm going to tell you the four things that really, like, your list was terrible. Like, yams, yams, everybody don't know how to make yams. It's simple. Don't get me wrong. It's simple. But a lot of people don't add a bag full of sugar in it and a bag full of marshmallows in it. If you don't add the sugar, a bag full of sugar and a bag full of marshmallows in it, you didn't cook it right. And a lot of people and don't syrup. do it. Oh, see, 
Listen, first of all, one I thing I definitely do go to cookout for is the dessert table. And that's just a fact. I'm a, I, I like, I got a sweet tooth. I don't care. I would definitely go get some cake before I go get something else. I'm going to get, like, the main ingredients. And people be cooking collard greens. They be cooking cabbage. Like, what you doing? No, I'm a- Cabbage is good, but it's like, what you doing? Nah. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to add five just because you said that. Cabbage. The five things that black, all black, all niggas know how to make. <laughs> all niggas cabbage know how to make. Cabbage is when you really starving, like. Cabbage is one. Cabbage is going to be the first one. Because for some reason, somebody always bring cabbage to the cookout. <laughs> any black somebody always bring it nobody eat this shit unless you old when you older the 30 year olds plus potato salad potato salad nasty no see that's number two all niggas know how to cook potato salad I don't know how to cook potato salad but all niggas know how to cook potato salad Mm-mm. for sure for sure all Mm-mm. niggas know how to cook potato salad potato that's salad good. you tripping Mm-mm. you tripping Mm-mm. You are tripping. Mm-mm. Yeah, then I'm tripping. I'm tripping. The third thing, fried chicken. All niggas know how to make fried chicken. That's a that's a good good way to start. A given. <laughs> the fourth thing is ribs. All hold on, older niggas. <laughs> all older niggas, and we're not talking about black people. All older actually, this is black people. This is not even niggas. This is all. All older black people know how to cook ribs on a grill. And the final thing, the final thing that all niggas know how to cook. Oh, it was on the top of my mind. What was it? What was it? What was it? Ooh, what was it? Spaghetti. <laughs> no, that's what it was. But it wasn't just spaghetti, it was pasta. <laughs> that might be an Italian thing, but for some reason, all niggas know how to cook. Oh, wait, it's sixth thing. I'm tripping. All niggas know how to cook pasta. I mean, pasta being spaghetti, pasta being linguine, pasta oh, being linguine. shrimp linguine. But which brings me to my sixth thing. My sixth thing, I'm only saying sixth thing because I left it out. All black people, all niggas know how to cook seafood. <laughs> all niggas know how to gut a crab, get the, you know what I mean? Get what they need out of, like how Jasmine, Jasmine fish is second to none. Like her baked fish is second to none. Like nobody got that recipe besides mom. She got that from mom. But her and mom, like, they the only people that know how to cook fish like that. No, actually... Seafood is up there, but for me personally, I don't like seafood. Like I won't eat it unless Stop I won't cat. eat it unless I'm cat. hungry. Stop the cat! Stop the cat! Stop the cat! Yo. <laughs> no, cause hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Stop the cat. Hear me out. Hear me I, out. Yo, I grew up out. with you. <laughs> I, no, I know I worked at a seafood plus spot, Stop but listen, listen, listen. I know I worked at a seafood place, but I was not eating that type of stuff. You tripping? When we we all took a run at Jordan Johnson Seafood. And I got in. <laughs> when we all, every single one of us, part of our deal 
was getting free seafood. <laughs> like getting a platter at the end of the day. Mm-mm. And that platter had crabs on it for sure. Because he made the best crabs. For sure, for sure. No, I don't eat crabs either. And you know that. Oh, you know that you for a fact. No, you don't. You know yeah. that for a fact. I will give up my crabs. If I, if listen, listen. Bro, I just gave you a platter full of crabs earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, and you had to teach me how to open them. No, I did. Yes, you did. Crabs? Yes. Well, I just stopped the Yes. Cat. Yes. No, because listen, listen. For me, for me, if my if I get a crab, I got to have it clean. I had to have it gutted and clean already. If it's not cleaned and gutted already and I see poop, I'm giving it up. I'm not. I'm not. The Jordan, that's the thing about Jordan Johnson. His exactly. was cleaned that's out and it was seasoned it. in the middle. His No, his was cleaned out and seasoned in the middle. And I still didn't eat it. You tripping. And then we used to have that little guy. Not the little guy, but we used to have an old man that used to before Jordan Johnson <laughs> on the <a> corner. corner. <laughs> that old man used pop. to come with a, a box. That's where we first got that first seafood job. Like, we used to help him cook the crabs, and he used to give us free crabs at the end of the day. But he used to have a bag full of crabs. I forgot all about him, yo. <laughs> like, act like you didn't eat their crabs. Like That's was, when I realized was... crabs was blue. They were... <laughs> Bro, that's when I realized crabs was blue. I, I thought they were all red. I thought they were all red. I didn't think. I thought that he froze them. That's why they were blue. No, I thought that like he froze them, and they were blue because they were frozen. I thought the females was blue and the males was red. <laughs> but I just felt bad because like he was definitely on the corner with a big pot. Felt so bad for what? That nigga used to make money. I know he used to make money, like real money. <laughs> But that the crabs be trying to push money. the top. <laughs> <laughs> the crabs be pushing the lid, and at one certain point, he start tying they their claws together. Mm-hmm. They then he used he to break like, the arms. He was like, he was like, yeah, you can pick up one. I said, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I said, I'm good, my G. You got it, though. Yeah, for real. No, but I, I seafood is a. a, a a top joint, especially in Jasmine House, all you see is seafood in the refrigerator. But I'm going to get spiritual on you for a second. No, don't do that. I'm going to get spiritual on you for a second. Black people, this is a bold take. All right, so maybe we should do a bold take section. This is the bold take of the podcast. Black people cook the best pasta over Italian. Over Puerto Rican and over any other race. Watch your mouth. Niggas cook the best pasta. Watch your mouth. Best pasta. Watch your mouth. Who cooked better pasta than Dad Shrimp Linguini? Watch your mouth. Out of all that food, out of all that food that he cooked, from fish to to grilling to 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 spaghetti to to. Do you ever heard of Master Chef? Like, come on now. Watch your mouth. But chicken and dumplings of of pepper steak and rice. No, dad's chicken dumplings meal. are nasty. Collard greens, dad's best meal. His chicken and dumplings are nasty. That's when I realized, I realized how nasty it was after I realized the dumplings was dough. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, you eat this wet dough. Like what? Like it's cooked. Yes. But it's so soggy. And I thought it was like. Something else. But listen. But it's wet dough. Say it's something better than dad shrimp linguine. Like say that's not his top middle. That's not. That's not his it's top ribs. middle. 
No. Not with nah, other nigga, people. Say, nah, nigga, nah, nah, nah. He said, he nah. said, top milk. But listen, top milk cooked. Everybody would say if you're not one of his children, you would say it's his ribs because you didn't experience him cooking shrimp linguine. Not what everybody want him to cook. Not what everybody want him to cook. Say his top meal, like the meals that he prepared for us. Say his top meal is not shrimp linguine. I don't eat his food. Stop the cat. I don't eat his food. Stop the cat. Because he always make it spicy, so I don't eat it. Stop the cat. And then his spicy shrimp linguine is is even better. See, that's why I don't eat it. Yo, the amount of the amount of flavor that's put into it, cause let's put a little bit of spice. <laughs> that's what most people get wrong, though. Like, I'm about to help a lot of people who cook right now or who want to cook but can't cook. And your chicken recipes, I'm about to help y'all right now. Dad, why his shrimp linguine is so good is because while most people put the noodles in the water. Let the noodles marinate inside the water and then put it inside the strainer to drain. Black people put the noodles in the water, add the seasonings, get that water smelling right, tasting right, drain it, add the seasonings back to the noodles, or add the seasoning to the to the sauce. Add the seasoning to the sauce. Get that mixed up, get get that right. Then they put the sauce and the seasoning in the noodles, and that just takes it over the and then, y'all, for everybody listening, the thing that makes black people nigger chicken, not black people, nigger chicken. When I say niggas, I mean people that, you know what I mean, that know how to cook, that throw that thing down, that really embrace, that really set the mark for black culture. The thing about it is, after you done cleaning the chicken and whatnot, you season the chicken before you put the shit in the crease. I don't know who made it cool to season chicken after after you put the That's fl- not true. People don't do that. Yes, you do. When you make chicken Who do that? What, season it after? Yeah. That's what people that's why white people chicken not as good. No, they, they really- season the the meat after it come out after it's cooked. I must say no name to don't add my name to this interview or nothing. But I really didn't believe that white people like cook bland stuff until I lived where I lived, like when I lived in the white neighborhood. And then I went over there because I was locked out, and I had a friend that lived on a block, like a house away from mine. Mm-hmm. And um, they were having dinner, and I was calling them, and he was like, "Just come over." I'm like, all right, that. And they were they were really nice too. It's like, come in, like, nice to meet you. Well, they already knew me. So they was like, "Hey, Eli, cook that shit because you was there." Bro, no, bro, they were cooking. Some type of meat. <laughs> they were cooking some type of meat. It was it was a parade that was gonna be that night, and I, I it was a Halloween parade, and I was gonna go after, like the dinner and whatnot. And it was this one type of meat, and I to this day, I can't get that taste out of my mouth. You know, it's nasty like, or good. It ain't taste like nothing. It tastes like <laughs> it ain't taste like nothing. It just tastes like you know the white meat off a of chicken after the the skin is gone. Yeah. It tastes like that. Like it's Rubber. it tastes like it tastes like turkey. <laughs> it tastes like turkey without the skin. It tastes like Thanksgiving. Like it's nothing. It just make your mouth dry. So I had to keep drinking the water, and I kept eating it fast. They like, oh, you might like it. 
I was like, I didn't want to be rude. Like, so they was like, do you want more? I'm like, yeah, like, but they kept trying to give me more. After the second serving, it was just like, I can't do it no more. I'm like, no, thank you. You want to go? <laughs> no, I'm like, about to, they I'm... don't know how to cook. Like, they're not a cook. They be nice with it, though. They're nice people, but their season is just lacking. No, I know. When one of my friends, like, I was over there for, like, a holiday, and, like, I'm not going to even get into that story. <laughs> that might sound super bad. <laughs> no, because this person, they might understand who they are. And <laughs> I don't want to be rude about it. But it was just something that was like, matter of fact, do I really care? No. <laughs> they asked, like, like you said, it was nice about it. And I like really appreciate the gesture. But they asked, like, was it something specific, you know? That I, to eat. Yeah, like that I eat. I mean, so I said macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I said macaroni and cheese, but I forgot the big part. Maybe I forgot the big part. But they came with a pan of macaroni and cheese. And was it terrible? Don't tell me, yeah. No, it wasn't terrible. But it wasn't right. Like it tastes more like pan. it was like a mixture between baked macaroni and cheese and pan macaroni and cheese. So it was like you used the wrong cheese. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But they used the wrong macaroni and cheese. I mean, they used the wrong cheese, and you could tell it was the wrong cheese, and it wasn't like cooked right because it was like on a small pan. So it was like it was a lot of things wrong with it. But like it wasn't one of those things where it's just like they see a plate and they see like. It's still macaroni and cheese there, and they like, why you ain't eat it yet? Like, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it was one of those situations where I was able to like, I mean, eat it, but would I come back for seconds if that was my choice? No. I don't like eating over my friend's house. I'm sorry, I just can't. Me either. Especially like when their parents be there, it's just like, it's like you gotta really be like that politics type joint. Like, mm-hmm. yes, this is so good. This is so immaculate. Like. How did you cook it? And it just be tasting like what? Like, bro. And you gotta be so nice. And they be like, they really do be nice people though. They be like, you like it? And you just, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you like it? Yeah. Like, how did you get it like this? So you know not to go wrong with you. <laughs> how did you make it? Like, tell me step by step. And they really be taking pride in it. <laughs> And it's such like, it's such like a bad feeling because like you're being mad sarcastic, and (laughs) but your friend, you look at your friend during this whole interaction with their parents, and they just eating and looking at you and looking at the whole, it's just like nigga, don't invite me back. (laughs) Yo, no cap though, like. I can't go to my friend's house that I don't have, like, an interconnection with. You feel me? Like, I can look at you, you know what I mean. Or you don't even know what I mean, but we got to... If I look at you and you look at me, we can start busting out laughing. (laughs) If I don't got that connection with you, I cannot go to your house. You feel me? Because if your parents say something and I'm just not feeling it, I'm going to hit them with an inside joke so you can get it so we both can laugh. And think back to the time. But if you have no inside joke with me, and you sitting over there thinking that I'm telling the truth the whole time, I'm telling your mom that I like her cooking, 
<laughs> then we got problems. You feel me? I got three takes to take on that. The first one is. First one is I don't like going over people's houses because I feel like everybody can't cook. Especially like Miss Kim going to her house. If she was cooking, uh so I shouldn't be name dropping. But <laughs> her pie was nasty. She talking about, yeah, it's healthy. Don't do that. But look <laughs> look, like some foods is like some people are just not meant to cook. Like some people you just need takeout. So I don't like going to people's houses because they always feel a need to cook. And like <laughs> everybody food not good. And I found a lot of people food not good. A lot of people can't cook. That's my first point. Second point is that it was real funny. And, like, I don't know why, but it reminded me. It's probably because you said, like, if I can't say what I want to say. I was working at McDonald's. This is really, like, off topic. But I was working at McDonald's. So, when I was working at McDonald's, I had nothing to do. So, I just, like, wanted to interact with the customers. So, I went to go get the broom. And, like, I was sweeping I was, no, I didn't have nothing to do, but I didn't want to go back to grilling, like being on the grill. So I started sweeping in the back. And then I was like, all right, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to interact with people too. Like, I wanted to be a cash register. They got me in a fucking <laughs> cooking in the back. So I, um, I'm um, i like, yo, y'all want me to like sweep the restaurant? So I went to go sweep the restaurant so that I, um, so I don't got to go back there and cook. And you know what I mean? So I could waste time, like, I could spend an hour sweeping the restaurant. <laughs> so I was just sweeping the restaurant, cleaning off tables and stuff. And it was this old white woman, like, in a wheelchair. And it was a woman that looked after her, like her caretaker or whatever. So, <laughs> yo, this is the funniest shit. <laughs> so the lady, the lady that was old is sitting inside the chair. I think she dropped something. And she was like, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you don't have to pick it up. And I'm like, no, it's cool, I got you. But like, whole time, it's like, I want to pick it up because like, it's waste helping me waste time. So then a lady started talking to me. And she like, oh yeah, I'm sorry for what my people did to your people. And her caretaker like, oh no, mom. <laughs> <laughs> her caretaker. Her caretaker like, oh no, mom, stop, stop. And then she telling me like, please ignore her. She's not, you know, she's elderly or she's not like right and stuff. And she like, oh yeah, the way people back in my days used to just like see a black people and call them nigga. And like, she said it. She said it. <laughs> but I don't take offense to like when people like, in a context that you say, I'll take offense. Like, but I don't like how she, I just won't take offense to a lot of people. But, like, some people, I would check them. Like, if you think it's cool for you to, like, keep on using it, I'll speak up on it. Or if you think it's cool to, like, 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 try to say it in a disrespectful way, describing somebody, I'll speak up on it. But, like, if it just come up in the, like, in the story or, like, say, because it happened a few times when I was, like, freestyling with people and somebody, like, said it and it's just, like, bro, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? But if it's coming up inside a situation where it's, like, like, somebody be like, niggas be tripping. you like, what the fuck you just say? <laughs> like, like, yo, don't do that. Like, when did you think that was cool? But, like, when people be saying it in songs and stuff, I don't really be caring about that. But if you say it inside a way where it's just, like, you trying to act black or you trying to, you know what I mean? That's a problem, man. But she would, back to the story, she was just like, oh, yeah, and the way they used to call call you guys niggers and the way that everything was, but, but the whole time, like, I'm like, I'm catering towards her because she's spitting facts. Like, she's talking facts. And her caretaker 
like you know old people sometimes they don't care because like they got to that age where it's just like fucking I'm gonna say it was real and what I experienced. And the younger people inside that generation, like her her daughter was probably like fifty six or something. And like even her being younger, she's like, Oh, we can't say things like that, like it's a taboo to say things like that. Oh, I don't want him hearing these things. Like, no, nah, keep it real. Which, how you experience it? So she was just saying shit. She was just like, oh, yeah, like you, you seem like a fine young man and stuff like that. And I feel bad for what your ancestors had to go through, especially when you meet people like you and blah, 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 and this and that. And she was just talking to me. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I was like, just like, thank you. But then she started getting carried away. And she was like, like saying stuff like, oh, yeah, like, what happened? She was just saying stuff like she just, I don't know. She just was getting carried away after a while, but it was funny. The whole situation was just funny. But the third, the third, I think this is what I'm going to leave them with too. The third and final thing that I wanted to say, and you got to see it the best for last. Is I'm going to teach people how to cook proper Nigga, fried you chicken. Cook you tripping. Proper fried chicken. And I ain't gonna give out no special ingredients or anything, but I'ma I'ma teach you. So first one thing, wait, hold on. Hold on. One thing I learned though, and people really need to understand this, and I'ma stress this into the day I die. And I season the best salt, out of all pepper, us. salt and pepper are not seasoning. <laughs> that shit they is, are not seasoning. They necessity not seasoning. <laughs> no, like full time. I was watching TikTok and this lady was making, I'm not sure what she was making. She said, no, she was making fried chicken. No, she was making, um, not fried chicken, Philly cheese sticks. <laughs> and when I say like, she had a big following and she check mark. Cool, cool, cool. Like you feel me? Right. And I was just looking at her like, cool. She was like, salt, pepper. I'm like, that's it? She's like, so everybody in the comments, they black. They like, salt, pepper, not seasoning. She's, it's like, where the seasoning at? She gonna put boldly and proudly. Salt, pepper. I looked at her. I said, oh. I looked at the comments. I said, oh. That's all that going on. I all the comments up. under, bro, they were roasting her. She turned off the comments. Now, I'm just saying, like, Salt and pepper are not seasoning. For cheese sticks, though, it is. Salt, pepper, ketchup, fried yes, onion, yes, mayonnaise. But you only she put added salt and pepper. more than what was supposed to be on the uh, um, a Philly cheese stick, and she added the wrong cheese. Oh. Bro, a lot she of, added the wrong meat. Yo, when I was working in Arizona and they used to make Philly cheese sticks. No, it was just like. Yo, like, I'm like, where did, like. Where's the white American cheese? Like, and people be like, people be like, oh yeah, Philly. Where I be on TikTok and they be like, where's the best cheese sticks from? And said so that comment section and everybody like, oh go here, da, 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 da. especially on South Street, that one that white people be going to, and it be like the line. It's like this white yeah. building. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But it's like no nigga, Poppy Store. Like, <laughs> Poppy Store's not even the best to keep it. In. No, but they do hold it down. The one at St. John's, the no. little cheese stick store outside of St. John's University. Mm-hmm. I think Joe's Sticks. Joe's Sticks are the best. Like, I never it's tasted one. a cheese stick that was better than theirs. It's one on um, 
Raw Street. And it says Steaks. I forgot no, which one. Hell no. Not Max's. Probably I believe Max's. that's Max's. Not Max's. Not the one that's big as hell and say Philly Best Cheesesteaks or Philly Best no. Fries. No. It say, say Steaks. And it's on Broad Street. But Like Broad and Area, I think. No, I'm really sure. It's like right near... Um, um, you just got to um, the church and... Um, Zion Church, right? Yeah. Yeah. One thing I won't say... This is my, this is my opinion. I think Pagano's cheese sticks are nasty. And hear me out. True. I just think it's a lot of meat on it. And it's just like a big cheese stick. So people get it. But it is nasty. Like that, he he do put some stuff on there that make it better than what it tastes because it do taste bland. <laughs> but I thing. went up there. I went up there and I ordered it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking like, all right, like, Dad, do your thing, you know, like... I don't know what you get on the cheese stick. You feel me? I just eat it. I'm like, Dad, do your thing. Who the hell put tomato sauce on the cheese stick? (laughs) (laughs) No, like, I thought that was ketchup. Also, (laughs) that's a cousin of ketchup. Tomato sauce. Like, what you mean, ketchup? So I'm like, they like, you want some tomato sauce? I'm like, ketchup? It tastes different. I'm like, ketchup? It's like, no, tomato sauce. I'm like, what the hell is that? And like, yeah, add mustard too. Mustard? Like, what? Like, <laughs> like, dang, y'all on wow. Add, add fried onions. Huh? All right, that's cool. That's understandable. But where did tomato sauce come from? Like, I thought y'all mean like ketchup. It tastes mad different and it's mad chunkier. They don't season the steak. They that's don't. why their cheese sticks are not. They will be a hell of a cheese stick spot. If they season the steaks. That joint just be sitting off on the side. <laughs> then you come in. But that's what, that's what that's what I was saying. Like they season after they cook. You season before you cook. Or while. If you cooking fast food, while you cooking. Like McDonald's, you put the little pepper, the salt and pepper on the burger before you cook it. Or while you cooking it. Cheese steaks, you should put that salt and pepper while you cooking it. And then after you cooking it, you reinforce it with the other stuff in condom. But the way you cook chicken, the proper way to cook fried chicken, you clean your chicken, given, bang. You put your chicken on a plate. You put your chicken on a plate. You get the plate. You not you put your seasonings down. What you decide for your seasonings, I'm not gonna give y'all some of the crazy. I mean, no, I'm not gonna give y'all. Too much information. But you put your seasoning. I mean, you put your seasoning. You get a plate for seasoning. And you get a plate for your chickens. And then you get another plate. And you get another plate for your flour. Some people put their chicken inside a bag of flour. But if you put it in the bag of flour, it's going to take away from the seasoning and the chicken. What you do is. You grab the chicken. You grab the chicken. You add. You start off with. Either salt and pepper, or you start off with seasoning salt. But a variation of those three get started off first. Salt, pepper, then seasoning salt. Seasoning salt, then salt, then pepper. Pepper, salt, whatever, however you want to mix it up. But them three go first. Then, you and all of this has to be done with your hands. You got to get filthy in there. Like, you got to really marinate it in there. Then, 
you get the what is it adobo not the oh you got the adobo meat seasoning and that's what you you use that too but what's the red sauce called Elijah obey not obey it's, it is obey obey for seafood but we put that on chicken no it's some it's a packet obey no it's some other Season. I don't know what it's called though. It's Obey. For sure, for sure, it's Obey. You get that Obey seafood seasoning, you marinate that on the chicken. If your chicken <laughs> is not red, if your chicken not red after that, then you ain't doing right. Then, when you really make good chicken, and I mean really make good chicken, you add the stuff like, I won't be knowing the name of the seasonings, but you add stuff like rosemary and stuff like that, like the little leaves, and you add a little this and that to spice it up a little bit. Um, paprika really don't have no taste to it, but if you want to add a little paprika, add a little this, add a little that. But what you want to make sure is that your chicken flavors is going to come out bold. Then you get the flour, you sprinkle the flour on the chicken, and then you coat the chicken in the flour. And you flip. So you sprinkle some, you sprinkle some of the flour on the chicken. Then you bring the chicken to the next plate where your flour at. And you tap, you pat it down. You pat down one side of the chicken on the flour. You flip it over, pat the other side down. Then you put the flour so it's covered fully. You grab that chicken, drop it in some already popping grease. Bang, thank me later. For all of y'all that don't know, black people included, that is how you make good fried chicken. And I'm talking about good fried chicken, meaning better than Popeye's, better than... KFC, better than the whole nine yards. And the side tip to that is, you need the right chicken. Don't be getting them big ass drumsticks. <laughs> Don't get the big ass drumsticks. You need chicken wings. Chicken wings. Dang. You got any closing remarks you want to add, Yar? You sure? This is. The first successful episode of what should be the name of this? I'm not gonna make it my other podcast. Hot takes. Hot takes. This is the first successful episode of Hot Takes. Tune in next time where we'll be talking about who knows what, whatever is hot. I feel like y'all students be bullshit. For all y'all lies. You're going to stop being comfortable cursing her. No, but like, listen. All their lies. I'm tired of lying to these teachers. <laughs> like, like, no, hear no me care. out. Hear me out. How does it take you two days to do one assignment that you had five hours to complete without any other Assignments being due that day. What possibly could you do or had to do that day? And let's not let's not lie. Let's not say, oh yeah, we had to take care of our family. <laughs> like, let's not say like oh yeah, our Wi-Fi turned off. Like, come on. It's being don't say like oh yeah, I'm depressed. No, actually you can say that because that's that's a that's a fact. Depression is real, baby twenty twenty. <laughs> but like, hear me out, like don't be like I got a lack of motivation bro no you chose to procrastinate <laughs> like you chose not to do it 
and then say how you're overwhelmed. <laughs> like, what's overwhelming you? Like, if you're not completing the work and you had hours to do it, what were you doing? Like, we need to search up your, your Netflix account or we need to look at what you was doing. You need to get off of Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. Stop texting your friends. Stop calling, being on the phone. Do your work. And then complain about how you're feeling. <laughs> oh, this is a hot take for sure. It's getting spicy. Because. <laughs> Motherfuckers be feeling in and they do the work. Because yeah. I definitely am one of y'all. <laughs> like, don't think I'm coming at your neck. Because I'm coming at my neck too. Whole time I'm filling all my classes. On game. And I'm I'm running out of lies to say. So if y'all got lies that y'all want to come up with, just help me out. Send me some. You feel me? I didn't lie. I said I got financial problems. I said I got kicked out of my house. <laughs> I said that we lost Wi-Fi. I don't got Wi-Fi. Then I lied and say I had Corona. <laughs> like my lies are getting backed up, and I think they're gonna figure it out. So I just want to know. Oh, and then one thing I want to say is they need to stop putting us out in those breakout rooms. They don't be helping. I don't know those people. What's breakout rooms? We on Zoom call, right? And your teacher like, oh, yeah, let's do group work. Oh, and they send you uh, like a and room a, with a separate, separate room with a few people. I don't know those people. What am I about to say? <laughs> like, I keep, my, I keep my, my camera off. I keep my mic off. Y'all not saying nothing, we're not saying nothing. And then I leave. I leave. Yeah. I got a funny story about that. Because I, I just leave the breakout room and then I call for the teacher and like, they not helping out. And I'm sorry, y'all might say I'm a rat, but it's just like, for these projects, y'all really be lying. Like, how can y'all put up with yourselves like that? Like, first of all, y'all don't help and y'all let all the work rest on one person's shoulder. And then be like, oh, good look. Good what? Good look. <laughs> Nigga, pay me some money. I just got you a good grade. Pay me. Pay me. Fuck you, pay me. Like. That's why I don't do my work. Well, that's part of it. No, like, at this moment, like, it's 6 o'clock, right? And this is due at 11.59 on the dot. And I had two days to complete this work. And I was supposed to be in a group with... Five other people. <laughs> and these niggas cannot say, like, I didn't share the doc. <laughs> these niggas chose not to open a Google, a Gmail, and help out. But then you want the grade. And then you be mad and sick when I leave your name off the, the presentation. And then you feel like I did something wrong to you. I don't care. Because yes, I do got Twitter fingers. And now that I don't see you in person, I won't feel bad. I don't have to deal with you. What you going to do? Call my phone? You ain't got that. Hit me up on Instagram. I'm going to block you. You feel me? You act like you want to do dumb stuff. I'm going to be dumb right with you. So look. I'm going to get into the funniest shit. Like, hindsight is twenty twenty. I was mad at the time. But this was one of the funniest moments that happened. My freshman year of college. <laughs> So, I took the math test. But mind you, my senior year of high school, I didn't have to, like, we didn't do math because, well, we did do math, but I didn't pay attention. Like, 
No, actually, we didn't have math. My senior year of high school, we didn't have math. I had an 11th grade year. But 11th grade year, like, my school didn't have calculus. So 11th grade year, we had a teacher. I'm not going to even get that deep. And also, y'all, I think we're going to add call this the random tick of the day. This would be the random tick of the day for Hot Topics. So... All right, so it's freshman year of college. It's freshman year of college. I'm inside a math class. I learned that for the math or for my major, I had to do math 121. I had a friend that told me they automatically placed in math 121 because of this test that they took. And because um, I had other friends, like I asked around, I had other friends that said because they did AP math. And my school didn't offer AP classes. Like we got... The smart kids got the, not the smart kids, the academically well kids got to go to college and do college courses. But I didn't take my courses in math because I never thought I had to do something. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know. So they put me inside a math class and it was like a beginner's math class level. Like when you don't put your test scores in and stuff like that, it was like one of those math classes. So they put me in a math class and I felt offended. And I'm like, I'm not about to start back at square one. Like I know how to do math. Like you could put me in the math class that I need, which is three math classes ahead of what I was where I was at. You could put me in that math class and I will learn what I need to learn in that math section. Like even if I don't know it, I will learn it. Like math come easy to me. All subjects come easy to me. So, bang, the school was telling me, like, oh, yeah, there's nothing that we can do for you, um, blah, 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 this and that, this and that. The only thing you could do is take the test. So, bang, and test out the class. So, I'm inside the math class, and we did, like, one of those Zoom classes, which you just said, when you got group projects. Mm-hmm. We did one of the Zoom classes, and I was in there with three people, and I clocked in late because I was at work, but it was, like, it was student you know, it was student job, the uh, work study. So they was like, oh, yeah, you can, like, take off for this next hour or two and do your online class. And then, like, if you want to come back to work, you could. And I wanted to make money. So, yeah. So I go in my class. I'm in my class. And I'm, like, sitting at the seating areas for the little restaurant or for the little place. So, bang, I'm in my class. And the teacher's like, oh, yeah, we're going to break y'all off the group. I came, like, four or five minutes late. So we like, we going to, she, or she was like, we're going to break y'all off into groups. We gonna, This the first class. She like, we're going to break y'all off into groups. And blah, blah, blah. When y'all break off to groups, y'all going to, um, y'all going to, um, y'all basically going to do your own, y'all going to do your own problems. And then y'all going to tell me the answers. And we all going to come together and discuss the answers together. So, bang, we all break off to groups. The group talking, everybody talking. She put the first problem up, and I look at the problem. I'm like, I'm not about to do this shit. <laughs> so, so I head off. I head off, but then I looked at one of the girls' profile pictures. <laughs> like I logged off the, the out the math class. Cause I'm like, I'm not about to do this dumbass math. So I logged out the math class, <laughs> and I seen one of the girls' pictures. I'm like, what the fuck? She pretty as hell. <laughs> so I told the teacher. <laughs> That's why it kicked me off the chair. <laughs> so she could put me back in. When she put me back in, I got the girl, like, contact. I think it was her snap. I got her snap. <laughs> and then I logged back off. And I just closed the computer, put the computer in my book bag. 
and then I went back to work and I said, like, I'm cool. I'm not about to do school. And it was like, if like I'm failing, I can't work. So I'm like, all right, cool. So it was one of those dual things. It's like half of the week you was in class, half of the week you was online. So when we got in class, I was like, all right, our first day of class, like I'm going to tell a teacher, like, I don't belong in this class. So our first day of class, I talked to, or I tried to talk to the teacher, but like, you know, you get shy. So I tried to talk to the teacher. I came early. Like I came like 30 minutes to an hour early trying to talk to the teacher early so I could get this shit resolved before anybody come. But then people came in and the teacher came last. So I'm like, I don't want to say what I want to say because if I say what I want to say, people going to feel offended. Because I'm like, finna, like in my head, I'm ready to curse like this dumbass math class. You got these, <laughs> you got us doing this dumbass math. What we look like. So the teacher... The teacher like, oh yeah, the um, she come in, blah blah blah. So I put my head down, and she's like, everybody introduce yourselves and stuff like that at y'all table. We was all sitting at like tables of four people and stuff. So bang, she's like, everybody, um, everybody go introduce yourselves and stuff like that. So I got my head down, and then the girl next to me, she tapped me. She was like, oh yeah, so what's your name? And I told her my name, and then I put my head back down. And then the teacher tapped me, and she like, oh yeah, like are you sleep? Like in our class, you have to have your head up. So I was like, okay. And then when she went over to a different place, I put my head back down. And then she was like, is you tired or something? And I was like, no, I just don't belong in this class. <laughs> so she was like, so she was like, um, she was like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, you can go home if you want to. Like you could go to your dorms or you could leave class if you want to. But she was like, um, it's nothing I can help you with that if you like, you don't have to stay inside the classroom today. You could email this lady and she you could talk to her about like getting out of this class. Cool. So I emailed a lady and I remember back in high school. Back in high school, I was like this I said like in front of the, the, the school psychologist, I said like, yo, this school is so depressing. Like I said this school is so depressing, like like this shouldn't make you want to kill yourself. Or I said something like that. <laughs> and thought you wanted to kill yourself. No. And you to put you in the no, no, the the like the psychologist I used to be inside her I told you I used to be in her office all the time because like I used to like her line of work and like I used to like talking to her about what to do and what to be like what can I look forward to being a psychologist. So she told me, she was like, I'm not gonna say my name, but she was like, Oh yeah, don't say that. I'm like, miss, why can't I say that? Or I was like, I was like, I was like, what? That like this school make me want to commit suicide? And she was like, yeah, don't say that. I'm like, why can't I say that? Or like, like miss, why can't I say that? And she like, oh yeah, well if you say that, then we have to three o two you like by law. Like if you discuss suicide, we gotta three o two you by law. <laughs> and like you'll be taken away and put inside like a a, a facility for a couple of days. So I was like, it's not even that deep. And I kept on saying it, like playing around with it. I kept on saying it, playing and stuff. So bang. I remembered that. So when I was writing a letter to the to the dean, my freshman year in college, I'm like, I wonder if the same rules apply. <laughs> so I'm writing a letter and I'm telling her like, being inside this class is making me depressed and it's making me feel like this and feel like that. And honestly, I don't feel like I want to <laughs> live anymore. 
it's it's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> But it is because I knew exactly what I was doing. So, bang, I sent her the email. And then she sent me an email like, she sent me. <laughs> she sent me an assassin. <laughs> but she sent me an email. She was like, come see me. <laughs> so, she sent me an email. She like, come see me. And Another thing about that class is it's one of those mandatory classes. If you didn't test out of math, then you had to take that math class. So it was like I was trying to drop it. And another thing that I hated about that math class is you only could take 12 credits. You only could take 12 credits. And I had like 15 to 18 credits to start off with. So they took off like two of my classes for that math class. So that's what really, really pissed me off. So bang, she like, oh yeah, well... Like, I went to the, so I go to the lady office, bang. And she like, I'm talking with her. She was like, oh, yeah, so you want to explain your email? And I'm like, no, nah, I just feel like I don't belong in that math class. And she like, I know what you was trying to do, but if this would have got, got sent, like, to the wrong person, like, some serious actions would have had to been taken. And I'm like, no, nah, it's not, it's nothing serious like that. But like. I didn't have much attention. <laughs> But like me and her started talking and she was just like, I get it. And she was like, all right, so listen, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to take you out of your math class and I'm going to take away your restriction for classes for the number of classes you could take. I'm going to take away all of that. But don't pull a stunt like that again if you need anything. And I was trying to ask her if she could bump me to the next like math class. I was telling because it's the beginning of the semester, like, oh, yeah, miss, can you like just get me in the next math class? And she was just like, oh, yeah, well, we can't do that. You'll have to actually test out of it. But what I can do is I'll, um, I'll like, get you out of the math class and I'll, like, take away your restrictions. And she was like, listen, if you have any concern about your classes or anything else, just come to me, talk to me, and I'll get it resolved, blah, 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 this and that. And it was starting to get to that era where it was starting to be too late to apply to classes. If you wanted to apply to a class, you had to go see a professor and get them to sign off on it. So, it was the beginning of the semester, but probably like a week or two in. So, bang, that happened. I got out the math class and the whole situation. But, but that shit was so funny how I, like, end up getting out that math class. And at the end of the, like, I end up taking the test at the end of the year so I could be eligible for the, my math next year. I wanted to take time so I can learn the stuff and all of that. And I took the test and I passed and I was so mad because it's like I went through all of that shit earlier in the school year just to pass the test. <laughs> but that was some fucked up shit back then. But that's 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 what went into. Hello, welcome back to Third World Living. Long time no see, new year, new me. It's 2021. And I know it's been a while since I dropped in the last my last episode, but we are back and we are better than ever. And today we have another interesting topic to talk about today, and that is old school versus new school. And this is a very important topic to talk about, and I want to get more into the details of why it's so important to talk about. But as you already know, we're going to start off with our um, quote of the day. And 
Hey, this is Third World Living, and hopefully you lived a little and learned a lot today. It's been a long time, long time, no see, new year, new me, it's 2021, and we are officially kicking off the first episode of 2021. We still aren't on a new season yet, but we have a very important topic to talk about today, which has been bothering me for a little while, and it's old school versus new school. And we all have heard this debate before. What has the old school done? The old school, the new school problem with the old school is the old school gave us so many problems and so many issues and didn't set us up the way that we were supposed to be set up for the future. And the old school problem with the new school is the new school has no discipline. The new school, you know, doesn't have the same drive and there's so much chaos going on by old school and new school. So I wanted to provide a unique perspective. I wanted to give my feelings on the thought, I mean, thoughts and feelings on the whole situation. And also I wanted to bring a guest in so you can get somebody else's perspective on the whole situation. Um, as always, we're going to start off with our quote and a short break, and then we're going to get right back into the action.